Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I'm Bill Knight. How are you today, sir? I'm good, Bill. You know, you and I were talking over the weekend. We, Something we, crazy is going to happen. Exactly right. We didn't know what it was, but we had a feeling, and it really was just a feeling. Although, you know, with, with so much happening in the news, things seem to be bubbling under the surface, and you can almost feel it. And we weren't wrong, were we? No, no, not with what's going on with the Nord Stream pipeline. I mean, you see, you see all the surface news, which I liken to it's it's like uh, that that weed that uh, I think came out of Mississippi that uh, they call kudzu mm-hmm. that consumes and takes over everything. Now it's all over everywhere. You can't kill it. I guess you would have to unroot it and take it out. But that's yeah. the deep state, and that is the news, and that is what you hear. What you're hearing going on the January six, everything that's going on. Trump bad this and that. And I had an observation on those boxes too that came out, but maybe we can talk about that later. The Nord Stream's pretty big deal. I think that kudzu parallel is really good. If I remember correctly, that's the vine that grows everywhere. And yeah, when you're driving everywhere. down the highway, you'll see a telephone pole and it's going up and it's a yeah. dark green leaf. And they can it's it's you, you can, know, you can chop it off, but it's it'll come right back. It comes right back. It's impervious to any kind of killer, you know, weed killer. Yeah. Uh, it it just keeps growing. And that's what I like in the deep state. Yep. A lot of the radical left and the news media, too. It's all part of it. It And, and the only way to get it is get down to the root, which means you've got to sit there and take out the whole plant yeah. and destroy it. And that is going to be a hard thing to do. And, you know, it's just like you've seen the numbers because you dig into the news. Biden's at an all-time low. His ratings are the worst ever. And I would agree with that. But if you read the news today, the mainstream news, which everybody sees, Mm -hmm. he is at an all-time high. How can that be? They're even It's because they lie. Well, they're talking about, oh, the, uh, the manufacturing sector is booming. Really? You know, we're, 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 we've got more jobs than ever before. Unbelievable. Really? And then they're, they're sitting there going, now they got a piece out there that sits there and says, you know, you might think a recession is bad and that they're very rare, mm-hmm. but actually it's a commonplace thing. Well, they happen all the time. This is just, this is normal. I used to think that toss and Pravda were bad, but mm. they've got nothing on our news. Nothing. No, they, 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 they're trying to learn from us, but, uh, yep. we got the lie down to a steal. Tucker I mean, Carlson did a great explanation of what is happening with that Nord Stream pipeline explosion. And I say, we set it up. What happened that we, there were three major explosions. Yep. There were three major explosions. They have two pipelines, Nord Stream mm-hmm. one, Nord Stream two. They parallel each other. They run from Russia to Germany and from Germany to the rest of Europe, Poland and all these other places, they get their, their natural gas from these pipelines. Now, by the way, I should point this out Monday when these explosions took place, one happened in the morning, one happened in the evening. They were separated by like a day, but that very same day, Norway opens a new pipeline feeding their fuel from Norway to Europe. It's called the Baltic pipe. You'll, mm-hmm. hear, you'll, you'll hear them discuss this, but this Baltic pipe was going to be competition for the Russians. Now they're sitting pretty. 
Nord Stream's down. Norway and their their pipeline is is in. Uh, I'm just saying. But, and the major news just two hours ago released a story saying, well, Putin is petulant about the way he's uh, handling the, the 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 fact that he's the one to blame. He he did it. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, the Ukraine, by the way, came right out and said it was Vladimir Putin who did it. Now think about it for a second. It's I think they know who did it. I think they do. Oh, probably it was Vladimir. No, well, they make so much money off this pipeline, Russia. It is a lifeline for Russia. Much of it's their, their money, much of their prosperity. Exactly right. It's their money comes okay. from that pipeline. Okay, the Democrats and, and the Republicans too. What were they before they were politicians? Most of them. What they were lawyers. A lot of them. okay. There you go. Now in a court of law. Mm -hmm. especially if you are a prosecuting attorney or you're the DA, the first thing that they attack to the person they want to take down is their money. They will go to the employer and say, well, you know, Mr. Harrington's under investigation for grand theft. And we'd like to know if you've had any money missing in here and, you know, anything show up like that. They plant the seed to get you fired from your job. They mm -hmm. go and they cut off anything that you've got to make money because if you can't defend yourself, you lose. What's interesting is they're trying to they're trying to say that Putin destroyed the pipeline because he had planned on shutting off the fuel to Europe this winter, and in doing so. There would have been many lawsuits, international lawsuits filed against Russia in the trillions of dollars, and they would they might have been liable for a lot of money. So if they blow the pipeline up, if there's some kind of a catastrophe that stops the pipeline from working, thus shutting off the fuel to Europe, they accomplish their, their goal of crippling the Europeans, and they also take their liability away saying, hey, we didn't blow up our own pipeline. And when when the Ukrainians, that's what the, that, but you know what, a lawsuit against them would have taken years, and who knows how this is all going to play out. We're sending another billion dollars to the Ukraine and aid Biden is, yet we're getting hammered by Hurricane, what is it, Ian, Ian, whatever yeah, it is down Ian, in Florida, yeah. and we're going to need money for our own people. But nah, you know what, you suckers down in Florida, you voted Republican. Screw you. We're giving our money to the Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We got. A, I got a story about that too, but there's another theory. The other theory is, okay, everyone's pointing towards the U.S. as being the country that did this. You're going to hear a, a, a ten minute piece by Tucker. Uh, it's in two segments, so we can talk about it. But it's in two pieces, ten minutes long, and Tucker kind of thinks it was the U.S. and the CIA that did it too. But is there a, any evidence before this ever happened? That it could have been us. Did yes. anybody ever open their mouth and say, yes. oh, you know what? Well, we're going to blow up your pipeline. Yes. Did, 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 was anybody that stupid here? Yes. To say that? Surely not the president. Yes, it was the president. And wait, wait, some, wait. Of his, uh, some of his hey, associates. What? Yeah, Joe, I know it's hard to believe that he could have a malaprop like that, that he could make a mistake that's so stupid, but he did. Um, and you'll hear it in Tucker's piece. But the other theory is this, Bill. If you get Russia and the United States going at each other, even if it's not a 
a war, but it's close to a war, even if it's just conflict, if it's turmoil, if we're all caught up, who benefits from it? I'll tell you who does. China. Oh, yeah, they do benefit. China. If China were to have planted the explosives and set off the devices, right, and then scurried away, and everyone's pointing at the Russians or the Americans, and all of a sudden there's, even if there's a non-nuclear military conflict, the people who can step into the void of power are the Chinese. They you know, let me ask you a question. I mean, you know, if you got somebody backed into a corner now, which they say Putin has been, but he's been making profiting off of uh, this Ukraine war. And with that pipeline, that is his lifeline. And they were actually building their, their financial cash reserves. Yes. If you cut that off, but he still has a way to spit back at thee, you know, in the defiance of your attack. Mm-hmm. Well, what's he going to spit back with? Well, I guess nukes. Ooh. What's to stop him at that point? If you're backed in the corner and you're facing destruction, do you sit there and go, that's okay. Kill me. You win. I'm, I, 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 I give up. Here's what you, you know about Putin. Throw, he doesn't give throw, up throw, Give up, and he doesn't throw idle threats. He's been uncharacteristically quiet after this happened. He hasn't said anything. I don't even think they've come up with a statement. I think they may have said that they believe it was sabotage, but that's about it. He hasn't said, he hasn't pointed fingers at anybody himself. I think it's because they're checking it. Well, who was the first, you know... A person that starts the fire always always returns to the scene. You know, anybody that's guilty always t- returns to the scene. They open up their freaking mouth and give themselves up, mm-hmm. you know, and they don't realize that. Who was the first to acknowledge this? I think it was Poland, to be honest with you. So I don't, I don't know. No, it wouldn't be them. I, I, don't I don't think they have the capability, but. No, it wouldn't be Poland. You know who, who might be? It could have been Germany. I mean, Germany, I don't know why Germany would do that because their country would be crippled because of it. If it, if they can't feed natural gas into Germany through that well, pipeline. Well, for it to show up on the Richter scale and be felt oh. pretty much around the world, that was a big explosion. And how do you do something that is buried deep down under the sea? You know, and my I, my theory, you know, which we talked about, you want to talk about it? Do you want to play the, the Tucker yeah. segments first? Let's go with Tucker, and then we'll talk about how... They could have done it, whoever did it. Yes. You got to listen to this very carefully. It's it's a little long, folks. They're in, it's in two segments, uh, but it's worth playing because he really says some, some important things. This is a very dangerous time. I don't think the world is taking it quite as seriously as, as they should take it because, well, I, I went through the news places this morning and it wasn't like the big story. I would have thought that it would have been splashed all over the headlines of every major news organization. It was like buried the Nord Stream. It's like they're trying to dampen the story, to, to squelch it. This is a major, major story. But anyway, let's play the Tucker piece and we'll talk some more. Catastrophes, one of the great environmental catastrophes of our time, is unfolding tonight off the coast of Denmark. The Nord Stream pipelines, which are enormous Russian-owned conduits that carry natural gas from Russia to Western Europe, have been breached. 
As we speak, Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2 are pouring millions of cubic meters of natural gas into the Baltic Sea. Pictures from the air, which you can now see on your screen, show a toxic bubble field more than half a mile wide. You can only guess at how many marine mammals are being killed right now, countless. But the lasting damage may be to the atmosphere. Natural gas is comprised of up to 90% methane. Methane, as Joe Biden has often told you, is the key driver of global warming, which is, of course, an existential threat to humanity and the planet. So if you're worried about climate change, what just happened to the Nord Stream pipelines is as close to the apocalypse as we have ever come. So the question is, how did this happen? And it turns out it was not an accident. At the very same time that leaks in these pipelines were detected, Swedish officials recorded two powerful undersea explosions, each one of which was equivalent to hundreds of pounds of TNT. Nothing in nature can account for that. Almost immediately, the pipelines began leaking in three separate places. So there's only one explanation for what happened. This was an act of industrial terrorism. That was very obvious to the prime minister of Poland, and he wasted no time in saying so. Watch. Today, we are also dealing with an act of sabotage. We do not know the details of what happened yet, but we can clearly see that it is an act of sabotage, an act that probably marks the next stage in the escalation of the situation we are dealing with in Ukraine. We can clearly see, he said, this was an act of sabotage, an act of terrorism. Well, yes, we can see that. So the question is who did it, and of course the prime suspect is obvious, it would be the same man who caused domestic inflation here in the U.S. and stole the 2016 election from Hillary Clinton, that'd be Vladimir V. Putin. The Washington Post got right to it, Putin, they declared, is now weaponizing the Nord Stream pipelines. According to the Canadian ambassador to the U.N., Vladimir Putin has decided to use, quote, pollution as an act of war. Progressive Twitter strongly endorsed this conclusion. Putin did it. And that makes sense until you thought about it for just a moment. Vladimir Putin may be evil, they tell us that he is evil, but is he stupid? Probably isn't stupid. And yet, and here's the strange part, if you are Vladimir Putin, you would have to be a suicidal moron to blow up your own energy pipelines. That's the one thing you would never do. Natural gas pipelines are the main source of your power and your wealth, and most critically, your leverage over other countries. Europe needs your energy, now more than ever with winter approaching. If you can't deliver that energy, then countries like Germany have no need to pay attention to what you want. You're in the middle of a war, an all-hands-on-deck war, so you need all the leverage you can get. Under these circumstances, there is no chance you would blow up Nord Stream 1 or 2. Not now, obviously. In fact, it's so obvious that even our famously dim Secretary of State, Tony Blinken, seemed to acknowledge it. Sabotaging Nord Stream, he said today, is, quote, clearly in no one's interest. Right but really only half right. It is true that blowing up Nord Stream does not help Vladimir Putin. He would not do that, why would he? But that doesn't mean that other countries wouldn't consider doing it. They would consider it, and we know they have considered it because at least one of them has said so in public. In early February, less than three weeks before the war in Ukraine began, Joe Biden suggested on camera that he might take out these pipelines. Watch. If Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the, uh, the, the border of Ukraine uh, again, then uh, there, will be, uh, we, there will be no longer a Nord Stream 2. We, we will bring an end to it. But, do, but how, will you, how will you do that exactly? 
since the project and control of the project is within Germany's control. We will, uh, I promise you, we'll be able to do it. Notice how he phrased that, and he's the president, doesn't phrase things by accident, particularly when he's reading off cards. He didn't say, I will pause the delivery of gas from Russia to Germany. He said, there won't be a Nord Stream 2. We'll put an end to it. We'll take it out. We'll blow it up. How will you do this? He was asked. I promise you we will be able to do it. They thought this through. And yet those watching, very much including us, didn't take Biden seriously when he said it. This is the president who has declared climate change the most pressing emergency in the history of the world. This is the man who lectures you about using a wood stove or driving an SUV because of its emissions. This is the guy who spent billions trying to mitigate cow flatulence because methane. Would that guy really blow up a methane pipeline in the middle of the Baltic Sea? It was hard to imagine. That would be an unimaginably reckless act. That'd be the kind of thing you would do if you wanted to start a nuclear war. It would be insane. And yet, in retrospect, it's obvious they were thinking about this because Joe Biden wasn't the only person to suggest it. That is segment one of uh, of Tucker's monologue from last night. And he's the only show that I've, I've caught so far that really goes into the importance of what happened in the Baltic Sea on Monday. I should point this out. The explosions weren't like little explosions that maybe broke a valve or something. The f- they were two separate explosions. One mm-hmm. registered 1.9 on the Richter scale, and the that was in the morning. In the evening, they had another explosion that registered 2.3 on the Richter scale. And you and I were talking about this before, Bill, and, and it's important to point this out. Um, how would you do that? I mean, how would you... You couldn't bring a trawler or, or a surface you, ship in... To, or a satellite uh, right. or fire a missile. Those are all detectable. Right. You have to go underwater for it now. Right. The way that I theorize, and I think you do too, is that you would a sub. Now, can you target underwater in a sub? That's the question the- I asked you before we did the show. How do you, you can't, on the surface, you use your periscope, you, you target a ship and you take it out. But how do you target an underwater location like uh, a pipeline. How would you do well, that in the sub? Well, uh, I can think of three ways. Number one, you ping it because it's got metal. Number two, uh, you would uh, mark it, take the sub over, send a diver through right. the bell, go down, put a beacon on it, right. a little beacon that sticks to it, like you see in a James Bond movie. Yeah, goes back up to the sub. They get out of there. They fire a torpedo, a high-yield torpedo, mm-hmm. to blow it. And because there's gas in there, it's going to be a big explosion. And that would be one way to do it. The distant, the, the difference in time, it was one lone sub, and they had to go and reposition to go do the other one and not be detected, which you can't detect them underwater. That's what a sub does. Mm-hmm. The other way that they could have targeted it is all of these things have electronic valves. So there's some kind of signature that it has a frequency sure and so if you know the frequencies actually you could probably scan for the frequency and get it and then that gives you what you Mm -hmm. target with the torpedo so that's how i would do it nobody would know the debris that's down there good luck finding the remnants i got a question though Uh, don't you think they have satellites that can see the submarines 
No, I think that's the beauty of the, of the whole thing, because if you could see the, the subs, it would render them useless. The one defense that we have in our nuclear deterrent is that when these subs go underwater, mm-hmm. you know, that, that captain you've, you've is heard, essentially the president of the world. You've heard of LIDAR. Maybe you haven't. LIDAR is uh, a relatively new process where they can scan a forest, let's say, a jungle, right. and with LIDAR, they it takes you can take out the foliage and see what's under it. So, for example, they found a lot of uh, ancient Aztec ruins in thick jungles in Mexico and Central America that you would never find by just walking around because they're just buried in in uh, trees and vines and things like that, jungle stuff. But with LiDAR, you can take it all away electronically, and you can see the ancient ruins on your screen. And I'm thinking they probably have some type of system that could do the same thing with water. I'm thinking that submarines are probably not as protected as they used to be, let's say, 10 years ago. I wouldn't, I well, wouldn't say that they would be advertising this, Bill. I'm just saying that they probably have some kind of system. And, and I also think that they can pick up a torpedo being fired because of the rotations of the uh, propeller. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's, well, there, there's, there's some things to that because, you know, you go back to the movie, the hunt for red October, actually the, the propulsion system that uses the water to suck in and blow out actually is uh, a possibility. Yeah. There was also, we talked about it, the old Sterling engine, but the other thing is you're using high frequency stuff. You can't do a low frequency like AM, you know, which is how you, the only way you can communicate with a sub underwater is AM uh, because of how frequencies work. You know, like FM signals, you ever hear, you know, a signal that gets that <laughs> sound, yeah, that fence sure. posting, mm-hmm. that's the wind or the, the, the heat, uh, you know, of the, of the earth coming up and it bends that signal the farther out it gets. Same thing with anything that detects uh, a submarine. They use uh, INS. I'm looking at what they use right now, which measures the boat's motion and constantly updates uh, position. Because it does not rely on radio signals or celestial sightings, it allows the submarine to navigate while remaining hidden under the surface. So for the most part, good luck finding that sub. There might be a way, but if it is, it's relatively new. And anybody that would want to see it, probably we would be the only ones with that technology. Okay, well, well, we would like to think so, but then again, when it came or to China, hypo, when it came to hypersonic, the Russians beat us on that hypersonic well, yeah, missile. But, they, but you would have to know where to be looking. When did you'd have to have a date, a time, and a in an area to be looking? Well. They, I, I believe that they're photographing and recording everything all the time. I don't think that we're just uh, shooting live images and letting them go. I think that there's right. images being shot from satellites, and there's a record of those images, at least for a period of time. So they can go back and say, okay, there was an explosion in the Baltic Sea. Who did it? And they can go to that location where the explosion took place and, and pinpoint you know, the exact time that it happened. And uh, they can also see what type of explosion it was. Was it a massive explosion? Was it a little gurgling type thing? You know, it's amazing. They're showing footage of this uh, 
this area right now, and it's pouring methane into the into the sea, and it looks like boiling water in a pan, and they mm. can't stop it. They they haven't been feeding fuel into the pipeline for some time now, but the pipeline is so enormous that there was it was full of fuel anyway. Do you know? Even oh, though, yeah, so it, it was like igniting a pipe bomb is what they did. And now now all of this stuff is spewing on. It's probably still burning under there. But, you know, I don't know how deep it is, where that how deep that pipeline is. You know, the, the way the sea of sub is going to be visible. Now, maybe heat signatures. But, again, there are ways for every way that you can detect something, there is a way to camouflage it. Let's talk so, about uh, whether it was an accident or not, Bill. Okay. The steel pipe itself on, that they use to make the pipe for the pipeline is 1.6 inches thick, the pipe itself. That's pretty damn thick. Yep. Uh, and is coated with steel-reinforced concrete, which is 4.5 inches thick. And it says each section of the pipe weighs 11 ton, which goes to 25 tons after the concrete is applied. So what you've got there, you know... Ships today, they get maybe a quarter inch mm-hmm. of steel. That's it. You know, so you, you look at that. It doesn't take much to punch a hole in the ship and sink it. World War II, when we built those big, massive battleships, you know, like the ones right. that Reagan brought back, it was a feat to sink those ships, even with a torpedo, because you had two to four inches of steel. Now, the steel we make today is a lot stronger than the steel we made then. Right. But the simple fact is... It took a hell of a lot to hit that thing and take it down. Japan found the easier way to do it was to sit there in the kamikazes to go down. Most of the time they wanted to take that, that plane right down the smoke smokestack. Sure. Because that was the, that was the way to get inside the beast and blow it up from the inside out. We're not going to find out for some time. I would imagine that there are people out there right now on site, although Maybe they can't get out there. Maybe because the methane is so is so dangerous. They're telling they're telling other ships to stay at least five nautical miles away from the area of the explosions because they're afraid of the methane igniting. One was an accident. Two was deliberate. Yeah, you know, and that kind of goes back to you know our our food storage facilities. One or two was an accident, but over a hundred that's deliberate. There is something going on here, and it is not a good thing that's happening. And where it could lead us mm-hmm. is uh, what we've all been fearing for a long time. You heard our president say that if Russia goes into the Ukraine, we would take out the Nord Stream pipeline. He said this two weeks before the Ukrainian war started. It's hard to believe that it only started in February because it seems like it's been going on forever and ever. But uh, Biden made this threat in February, and everybody kind of ignored it because, well, it's it's Joe. He says stuff, you know. Well, you know, he always wanted to be a wartime president, and he's, uh, you know, and of course his approval ratings are way up if you listen to him and the media. But if you go by the actual polls, you know, he's in the toilet, uh, and I think you know we, we just got to pull the handle on this one. After we play the uh, second piece, uh, the second portion of uh, Tucker's monologue, uh, we can talk about uh, who benefits from this, and and uh, because it, this is maybe the biggest story of my, my lifetime. Because this 
might lead us to nuclear war. I didn't think he'd ever do something as dumb as this if he did it. Well, you know, we talked about that. We talked about it's going to be some stupid little act of aggression that we do that will be non-nuclear that could take us into the nuclear realm because we already know that Russia and uh, China have figured in their minds that there are acceptable losses and their people, their population believes that too. And if they believe it, there's one other place that believes it, and that would be um, Mr. Zelensky and uh, all the people in the Ukraine because they would be of that same mi- mindset. And by the way, I still think that in the long term we'll realize that we've been on the wrong side. Now, I don't mean the Ukrainian people are bad. I think the Ukrainian people are victims. I think they're good people. I think they're in a bad situation. I think their government is corrupt and i think we'll find out in the long term that uh, that that's a an accurate statement uh but we can get into that in a little while let's right. play part two this is part two of tucker carlson's monologue last night listen carefully he has some interesting stuff to to say here toria newland at the state department said pretty much the very same thing Newland is a lifelong war cheerleader. She worked to bring about the Iraq invasion, never apologized, kept going. She helped engineer the coup that overthrew the Ukrainian government some years back. So capable, clearly she's capable of anything. But environmental terrorism, even for Toria Newland, that seemed too much, too extreme. And yet here she is in January. With regard to Nord Stream 2, uh, we continue to have uh, very strong and clear conversations uh, with our German allies, and I want to be clear with you today. If Russia invades Ukraine, one way or another, Nord Stream 2 will not move forward. One way or the other, we'll stop Nord Stream. Now, looking back, those words seem chilling eight months later as natural gas pours into the Baltic Sea and into the atmosphere. So you have to ask, could the Biden administration really do something like this? We can't say for sure. We don't know for sure. We can tell you that close allies of the Biden White House believe they certainly did do it. Radek Sikorsky is a Polish politician. He's chairman of the EU-USA delegation in the European Parliament. He's connected. He's also the husband of regime stenographer Ann Applebaum of The Atlantic magazine. Sikorsky is so close to Joe Biden that he's got a picture of the two of them together in his Twitter profile. So when the pipelines blew up, Sikorsky responded immediately, and here's what he wrote. Thank you, USA. So once again, did the Biden administration really do this? It's hard to believe. Given that it's an atrocity, it's effectively an act of terrorism, we don't want to make that accusation. But we should tell you that, maybe not coincidentally, today a brand new pipeline was unveiled. A pipeline that carries non-Russian natural gas in roughly the same area as Nord Streams 1 and 2. This is called the Baltic Pipe. It was inaugurated in Poland. It will carry natural gas from Norway through Denmark to Poland and other countries nearby. And it's likely to do very well since now it has less competition. Making sense? What does the White House say about this? How are they accounting for what happened today? Well, they're not exactly enthusiastically denying responsibility for it. Instead, they're looking at the upside. Here's the president's publicist noting that the destruction of yet another energy pipeline is yet another opportunity for you to buy an electric car. 
Uh, as you all know, these pipelines weren't pumping gas into Europe at this time. Uh, NS2 was never operational, as you guys know. NS1 has not been operational for weeks because uh, Putin has weaponized uh, energy, and we have said this many times before. This just drives home the importance of our efforts to work together to get alternative gas uh, supplies to Europe and to support efforts to reduce gas uh, consumption and accelerate true energy independence by moving to clean energy uh, economy. Oh, moving to clean energy, say the people who very may well be responsible for letting methane into the Baltic Sea and into the atmosphere at a scale that most people can't imagine. The people lecturing you about your SUV may have blown up a natural gas pipeline and created one of the great catastrophes of our time and its effect on the environment. If they did this, this will be one of the craziest, most destructive things any American administration has ever done. But it would also be totally consistent with what they do. What do they do? They destroy. These people build nothing, not one thing. Instead, they tear down and they desecrate from historic statues to the Constitution to energy infrastructure. And no one in Congress is trying to stop any of it. They're just preparing for the inevitable fallout. Tonight, the Senate just advanced a spending bill with $35 million for the Department of Energy to, quote, prepare for and respond to potential nuclear and radiological incidents in Ukraine. What? The spending bill also brings the total U.S. expenditure on Ukraine, the war, but also funding its government and energy for Ukraine, to $67 billion on the eve of what could be a massive economic disruption here to our economy, $67 billion. How much is that? Well, it's more than Russia's entire military budget last year. And Congress is expected to fully pass the bill later this week with Republicans nodding along like the zombies they are. What will be the effect of this? Every action has a reaction, equal and opposite. Blow up the Nord Stream pipelines? Okay, we've entered a new phase. One in which the United States is directly at war with the largest nuclear power in the world. Doesn't mean it'll go nuclear immediately, but it does suggest there could be consequences. If we actually blew up the Nord Stream pipelines, why wouldn't Russia sever undersea internet cables? What would happen if they did that? What would happen if banks in London couldn't communicate with banks in New York? Just that one piece of it, leaving aside its potential effects on our power grid. But let's just say the banks couldn't communicate with each other for one day. What would the economic effect of that be? Oh, we would cascade downward into your house. We could have an actual collapse. We could wind up very quickly in third world conditions. Those are the stakes. Have the people behind this, the geniuses like Toria Newland, considered the effects? Maybe they have. Maybe that was the point. I can't stress the importance of this story. This is a massive story. This is not something which you can just pass off like, oh, they blew up the pipeline. No, this could change your world, my world, Bill's world, all of our world. I mean, this is a big story. The mainstream media, you know, they're talking about Hurricane Ian or Ian or whatever they call it. And and by the way, I, I, I do pray for the people who are in the line of fire of that hurricane. It's going to be a massive hurricane. I guess it's going to hit around the Fort Myers, Florida area. They say sometime mm. today, maybe like a four, a category four hurricane. Last I Which heard. Which is big. Yep. 
I used to live in the South. I've been through a few big ones and, uh, it is not a fun thing to go through. Uh, so prayers for those people down there. We, uh, we're going to need to send aid down there, but, uh, we have our priorities and our own people are not among those priorities. We got to help the Ukrainians. Oh, that- oh, that is unbelievable. Seriously, Bill, that's a great point where you just said, we're talking about incredible devastation from a massive hurricane. And they're talking about giving $12.3 billion in economic and military aid to Ukraine. That's in addition to what they've already given them, which would yeah. uh, total $67 billion. $67 billion. Unbelievable. They want to give $3 billion for the State Department to facilitate Afghan resettlement. And for the FBI, I guess they would get $15 million additional dollars to vet the Afghan refugees, which, by the way, is something they should have done before they put them on the airplane or before they brought them into this country. They should have brought them to maybe a halfway point, some kind of a neutral area, and, and left them there until they were vetted. No, these Why fatheads. Why are we in the business going around the world seeking out refugees? I mean, they're I, I, everywhere. Maybe it goes to the fact that they want to ruin our country. Seriously. Because I, we have people that are hurting here. Why don't we look for the people in need here? Could you imagine if we took $67 billion and went and helped out the poor families? Oh, the, my The people God. living under the bridges. Oh, t- the homeless problem probably could alleviate, get rid of the whole thing nationally. There would be some, you could do something with $67 billion. And and you look at the money on top of the $67 billion that we've wasted in the past two years of the Biden administration. We could have wiped out the homeless problem here. Yeah. We could have wiped out everything. Let's think of the senior citizens that are trying to figure out how they're going to make it to tomorrow. $89 billion in equipment we left in Afghanistan. Now, people may say, well, what could you have done with that? That was already purchased. That wasn't cash. That was that was equipment. Well, We, we had, sell used hardware. Well, we had to replace the equipment. Do you know what I'm saying? If we had $89 billion worth of equipment that was ours that we don't have anymore, then we had to turn around to suppliers in this country and say, okay, you got to make another $89 billion worth of equipment to replace what we just gave up in Afghanistan. Well, you know, there used to be an old saying that uh, money is like water to us. Uh, it's plentiful. Well, apparently, water's not as plentiful as, as we might think. You know, go out west, go down to the southwest, and ask. Even here in Pennsylvania, they got water restrictions going on. And up in the northeast, they were going through somewhat of a drought. They got some rain, but one, one rainstorm doesn't cure a drought. It takes a while, you know, now it's not that this is global warning, warming that I'm talking about. This is something that has happened over and over and over again before we were ever on this planet, you know? So it, it's something that we're going through one of nature's cycles. You would think bill that with $12.3 billion in economic and military aid to the Ukraine, that would just about cover everything for the time mm-hmm. being, but no, in the same package, they have an additional $35 million, which seems like pennies, to prepare right. and respond to, quote, potential and radiological incidents in the Ukraine. $35 million additional dollars to respond to. That means that if Russia use, uh, uses nukes 
you know, those uh, targeted nukes in the Ukraine, then we'll help uh, clean the area up or take care of the people with that additional $35 million. Never mind, we've already given them $67 billion worth of aid. It, it's just uh, mind-boggling. And you know, if you took that number, and even aside from the homeless, let's say you took that number and divided it by the families, you know, the, 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 what, the nuclear families in, mm-hmm. in the United States. So every household would get a portion of that $67 billion. Oh. Would that be twenty five? Would that be 50000 100000 What would it be? Even if it was $5,000, would that help us more we than have, what's helping us now to send that money away? We're in the Ukraine to help Joe Biden and his cronies. Right. Joe Biden more money. has had a, had a criminal presence in the Ukraine before he was president. Mm-hmm. You can't deny this. Read up on it. He and his family were making money out of the Ukraine before he was president. And, and I'm sure there are stories about Joe and his family in the Ukraine that they don't want to come to light. So he's doing everything he can by pouring money in there to make sure that they don't come to light. You, you got to read up on it, but you got to do it before the election because you might change your opinion if you really are, you know, because a lot of people apparently voted for him for president. I mean, that's if you, you, you believe oh, there, yeah. there, well, there was no steal. You well, know? you know, some people voted for him. It's, there were some people, I go down the street sometimes and I'll see signs for guys like Fetterman in, in uh, Pennsylvania. And you, you wonder, I mean, what are these people thinking? You know, have they heard him try to speak recently? Mm-hmm. Have they heard him try to have a cohesive thought? Have you looked into the history of this guy? You mentioned how many times he was uh, being sued for back taxes. 66 times he hasn't paid his taxes. And, you know, now he's not even 66 years old. No, he's in his 50s. So how much tax have you avoided, Mr. Fetterman? Well, Uncle uh, Festerman has avoided probably every tax payment he's ever had to make, and that's why they've sued him. But he still hasn't paid them. But he wants to raise your taxes. So you wonder, how can these people who they live on your street, they're probably successful people in other areas, and and, and, and you wonder what is making them think this way do they just vote party line period are they the kind of people who were brought up saying well i'm a democrat and i vote democrat uh what do you want to have for dinner tonight honey that's it i mean is that the the limit of their thought have they looked around and seen the damage that this administration has done to you to me our families to our neighbors oh they can't. No, have. they haven't. And if you've listened to Fetterman, now I don't have the audio in front of me, and I, I'm paraphrasing, but mm-hmm. he was in Philly, and they're saying, "Oh, Philly's going wild for him because he was he was saying you can't compare the Eagles to <laughs> the the Eagles." <laughs> I know. And I, going, Yay! I, I heard him you say stupid that. Democrats will cheer for a fart. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you can't oh, compare yeah. the Eagles. To the Eagles, I did hear that, and I thought, "Say what? What, <laughs> what the what, hell did he what, just say? Yeah, what did he? But you know say? what? According to the polls, he's eleven points ahead. So that means the Keystone State is full of a bunch of stupid people. 
I just you, don't. Really I stupid, don't believe or? the polls. I, I do think that they have a fix in. I think that you better. Oh, absolutely. You better have your eye on those darn polling uh, locations in in Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. You know how many people though are going? Well, you know, yeah, you're right. A lot of people aren't aware there's an important election in a month. It, it is it will just a couple of days over a month from now, and they're going. Oh, I guess they got to get registered. Oh, yeah. I guess I can mail in my vote. Oh, yeah, that's the thing to do. Sure. <laughs> mail in your vote, which, yeah. you know, I remember when I was a kid growing up. No, you can't mail in your vote. That's only for people in the military that can't be home to do their votes or the people in nursing homes that can't get out. They right. have the right to vote, which that was the first deal that there was by Democrats. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, Mrs. Beatrice, uh, don't worry. I'll just, oh, you can't fill out the ballot? Okay, who do you want to vote for? Sure. <laughs> I'll take care of that, and I'll put that vote down for you, and I'll take it right away. Sure. And, <laughs> you know, you'd be amazed. Everybody in that nursing home wanted to vote Democrat. Can you believe yeah. that? Joe Biden won in a landslide. It was unanimous. A hundred percent voted for him. Yeah. Uh, it's I, amazing uh, how that works. But you know what? You got to go physically and vote vote in person. Uh, it's the only way that you can rest assured that at least you cast your ballot the way that you wanted it cast. Now, if they read it a different way, there's nothing I can do about that, nor can you. Okay. Another thought, we may have touched on this earlier, but uh, we've talked about a lot of things. Who benefits from the Nord Stream? Does Biden benefit from the Nord Stream situation? If tensions rise between Russia and uh, the U.S. Could he institute martial law before November eighth, and could we be in a situation where they they postpone the elections indefinitely while they resolve this tension in the world? Well, this is going to fester in in eight within eight weeks. So yes, I mean he can bring it up to the breaking point and change anything. Uh, Although, according to their polls, they mm -hmm. are winning. There's no reason to. Yeah, but right. at some point in time, you know, whether it's during, if it's before, during, or let's say that the election takes place and they lose, but we go into the War Powers Act before the change takes place, I believe no change takes place. It's interesting. I know that because you get your stuff basically over the internet because you stopped, you dropped your cable a while back, right? So you watch a lot of stuff on the internet and, and you look at different sites than I do. Uh, it ha they say on the sites that you look at that the left are ahead, right? But on the sites that I look at, like Fox and uh, some of the other sites, it's got uh, the Republicans and the right ahead by five points right now. Yeah, well, number one, my cable, just like my internet, right. comes out of a company owned out of Canada. I live out in the country. Mm -hmm. And they have, if you understand cable rights, right. like I only have one choice for a cable company because what happens is if you're a cable company you're and you claim territory, you are good for five years. And it's, it's exclusive territory. After mm -hmm. five years... Any other cable company can come in. Well, how do they get around that? Well, they have umbrella companies, corporations. And so every five years, 
They changed the umbrella. It's been Atlantic Broadband. It's been Metrocast. Yeah. It's Breeze Line. It's all Canadian, which is liberal. And so anything that is allowed on their cable TV mm -hmm. is liberal. Anything that is allowed on, you know, the internet is liberal. The only way that I can get where I live is to put up an antenna and stick on the ham radio and talk to people in Florida or people around. And there are conservative voices out can there. Can you watch like Newsmax or OAN or any of these uh, conservative Newsmax networks? is gone. OAN is gone. I can't get it on the internet. I can't get it on the cable. They block here. it on the internet. It's literally blocked. If you did a search for www.newsmax.com. The only way that I can get it is if I hear, now maybe I'm wrong, but here I, I would have to go to a dark web browser. Are you, you know serious? Know? Wow. No, I won't do that crap. I don't no, know. No, I, that's amazing. So, you know, what I do now, I get things like the Breitbart, but as you know, a lot of even what quote unquote conservative news sources, they, they're just relay points. If I wanted yeah. to put news on it's another day.com, or if you wanted to put it, we would link it to what we thought were good, reliable news sources. Sure. But there would be a day to wake up going, what the hell is that story doing on our website? Well, we don't have a choice because we can't afford our own news people to write our own news. Now, you know, if yeah. somebody wanted to come on board and say, Hey, I'll, I'll be your news flunky. Yeah. You know, you know, you can't I'm trust, you can't that. trust even sites that you think you can't trust because, no. because the left infiltrates them. For example, uh, Drudge, the Drudge report for the longest time was the conservative source of news, reliable news information. And then about three years ago, something happened behind the scenes. I don't know whether the guy who owns it became a little flaky or what. Uh, I always thought he was a little flaky. You know, he wore that. Corn flake, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he wore like a fedora hat or something, you know, he kind of a strange guy, but he was a successful guy. And I, Matt Drudge is the guy I'm talking about. Yeah. And something happened. And all of a sudden they started carrying more articles from the New York Times as being their source. And by the way, if you are a conservative, you know that like the New York Times is not the place to be looking for reliable, uh, truthful news. Huffington okay. Post, none of them are. But you know what? That's the kudzu that I'm talking about, the deep state and in the news. It surrounds, it consumes. It's like that weed, that virus that grows along the roadside. Yeah. You see it taking over all the trees, the telephone poles, everything. Yeah. They can't kill it. They can't chop it down. They tried for years and they said, forget it. It's gone. I'm saying that's what's happening with the liberal news and politics that's going on out there. Even Sean Hannity, you're talking about, he was a conservative voice. Big time. And if you, if you really take a look at him and step back, He's being consumed and choked by the kudzu news. He's he's starting to go, you know, you know the, the, the thing that he was talking to Trump, and maybe Trump didn't articulate it the best way, and I think Trump was more or less saying, yeah, you know, uh, I I can declassify it in my mind, which in reality, he can. You, <laughs> you actually can. The president is like the king. He is the commander-in-chief. He, you know, he thought it, therefore it is. And that sounds like a joke, but it is the reality. There is no protocol. There have been people that have tried to say, well, you know, I'm an attorney. I know this and that, and you have to do yeah. this and that. There is no law or rule. Now, trust me, 
there will be a law and a rule. It's just like they're going after uh, the electoral thing. They want to change it because, well, that's how the steal happened. Trust me, there's always going to be a steal. There was a steal that went on back in 2020. It's going on in 2022. It'll happen in 2024. And we won't have to talk about it after that because there will be no conservative party left if you don't do something now. I agree with you 100%. Have you noticed, by the way, that there's no talk anymore about the supermaster? It's been very quiet about the supermaster. He's supposed to be doing some something to straighten the uh, situation out with the documents from Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, you know, that's going to blow up in our face, too. And then you're going to go, what? And, and I, I'm not looking. You know, Trump didn't actually agree to this guy. Mm-hmm. But the news was so compliant. Oh, yeah. Well, Trump and the DOJ can agree with this guy. They, they were right no, on that. Can't. And Trump said on, on the interview with Hannity, he said, I don't know who this guy is. Uh, my lawyers took care of that. You know, my lawyers were the ones who said yes. Well, now, one of Trump's lawyers now has been reassigned. And, of course, they're trying to say, well, you know, and, and the news is trying to rewrite everything on that. You know, I, I'm, there's a thing, you know, called stirring the pot. And sometimes... You know, with all your players involved, and you in the workforce, wherever you work, you might have had a job where you're going, boy, I fit in well here. I'm doing great. And all of a sudden, if they don't boot you, they say, we're going to transfer you from the accounting department to uh, the loading docks. The loading docks. (laughs) And what they're doing is they're not seeing the results that they want to get, or they see that you're getting run over, or they want to change up their stance, keep it fluid. Mm-hmm. So they stir that pot because you, they don't want you to get too used to any one play that you got, even, you know, the, the one minute huddle or whatever it was, you know, they, they, they just call it, they had pre-rehearsed things, you know, that they go into in, in a football game. You don't want them to know what you're doing. You don't want them to give a chance to think and adjust. You stir that pot. The turmoil doing. is uh, never ending by the way, no. especially with this uh, administration. They talked right. about the Trump administration being uh, active. I would submit that this administration has got it all over. We've never been this close to a nuclear war. We've never been involved with a, a war like the Ukrainian war. I mean, Trump was getting us out of Afghanistan. His plan was to do it in a uh, responsible way so that uh, we didn't lose the situation that, and that, and that the country didn't revert back to the Taliban. He right. had, they had plans in place to keep the uh, administration, the government that was there in power. You know, he maybe didn't have much of a spine, the president of uh, Afghanistan. I think he ended up leaving the country with millions of dollars worth of uh, money and, and go running off to Switzerland. But uh, I think that Trump figured that if, if they got out the way he planned, the guy wouldn't have had a reason to leave the country because he would have been in power with security in place. But uh, yeah. Joe didn't do it that way. One more thing before we end the show, Bill. I thought you'd be interested interested All in right. hearing this. I hope I can find it. Uh, Democratic New York City Mayor Eric Adams ignited anger on social media on Tuesday over comments he made knocking a red state like Kansas for having no brand compared to New York. This is the mayor of New York City. Listen. We have a brand. New York has a brand. And when people see it, it means something. 
You know, when we go there, it's not that Kansas doesn't have a brand. (laughs) (laughs) When you go there, yo, can you from Kansas? (laughs) No. Well, you know what? (laughs) But New York has a brand. This guy's a a real loser, okay? So what's the brand? Well, the brand right now is crime, okay? Right now, the the brand is turmoil, chaos. Crime, that's the brand they have now. Whereas in Kansas, you got wheat, you have uh, the Eisenhower Museum, you have you have uh, a comfortable place to live, you have good, healthy people, you have fresh air. That's Kansas. In, in New York, you have people being pushed off subway platforms and being attacked. You have bodega uh, managers being assaulted by by criminals. You have people running into stores. And, and looting them. I'm talking about groups of people running into stores and, and looting them just for the, because they can. There are no consequences anymore because of guys like that fathead who you just heard, laugh, heard laughing at the state of Kansas. Right. Well, anyway, I just thought to pass that along to you to give you a little smile at the end of our program because it's awfully hard to smile right now. Yeah. It really is. Um, we have a phone number. You can contact us. It's 833-538-7868, which is 833-LET'S-VOTE. Okay, that's the easy which way to remember it. It's a very uh, good thing. If if you heard anything on the show today that you're going, oh, I want to comment on that, mm-hmm. call that number. You know, don't just sit there and go, well, no, I agree with everything, even if you agree with everything. Call that number. If you don't agree with, call that number. I want to hear what you have to say. Jim wants to hear what you have to say, so say it. The By the way, there for you. if they call the number and they want to make a point that we didn't make about a subject, that's their opportunity to do it. You can call and say, you know, you guys uh, had an interesting thing to say about, uh, you know, whatever the story is, but mm-hmm. I have this thought, and then you just give us your thought, and if it's really worth adding to the program, we'll put it on. We'll add it to the show in the future. Oh, you remember uh, Jack Nicholson uh, in that movie where he goes, you want the truth? I'll give you yeah. the truth. Yeah. 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 Mr. Riskin did that uh, for the January 6th committee talking about they're getting ready to go back. He goes, I'm giving you the truth, which oh, is a oh, key oh, Raskin. For, uh, Raskin did that, right? Raskin. Riskin. Yeah. I said Riskin. Raskin. Well, he is a risky guy, Mr. Raskin. <laughs> yeah, he he did say that. And I'm like going, and it's it's kind of funny. I'm going like, oh. Well, Nicholson played a bad guy that was lying and covering up <laughs> his, his dirty deeds. So I, I think that was a true confession there. That is the truth. Then. It's a confession that you want dirty the truth. All hell. You want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Uh, anyway, um, we lied. It really was stolen. Raskin is notorious for he's a ra- he's a rascal for lying. You know, we can talk about that in another show because we're out of time, folks. Have yourself a wonderful day. Thanks for tuning in. We'll do it again tomorrow, Bill. Hasta la vista, baby. Vaya con Dios, caballeros. Hey, I'm out of here.